Welcome to League One Fun. I'm Ira Jersey, your host for the day. We're presented by Icarus FC and Roughneck Scarves. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. With me today is Darren Sawatsky. He is the head coach of the Richmond Kickers. Coach, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Thanks, Ira, man. Happy to be here. So firstly, let's talk about your transition. So last year you were with uh, FC Tucson out in Arizona. Um, you know, you had a lot of turnover because you were a two-team for Phoenix Rising. W- what's been the big difference between your time at Richmond where you're in control of the entire squad versus when you were at FC Tucson? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a long conversation. But, uh, you know, I would say first, I'm, I'm, my close friend John Gallus is the coach there, and, and, and I have a lot of respect for him. And uh, he's doing a really good job, and I'm really happy for him because he's in a little different situation where he controls his roster uh, this year, which was something that he and I didn't have the opportunity to do last year. So I'm really happy for him. You know, when, when you're a, when you're a two team coach, you're really at the behest of the head coach of the first team. And, you know, sometimes that coach has to make a decision on a Friday for a Saturday game that, uh, that infects your uh, squad incredibly. You know, there were times last year where we would work all week, have everything dialed in, including set plays. And, you know, four guys would be coming down the next day without even training with us to play a game. So, you know, it was challenging. Uh, I learned a lot. You know, I really respect the opportunity. But, you know, when the opportunity came to, to be able to kind of control my own team and, and have, a, have a really, you know, the opportunity to, to, to put my style of play on a team, uh, it, was, it was something I had to jump at. And I uh, really enjoyed it. You know, Richmond, um, you know, brought back 12 players from last year, uh, all really great guys. And uh, we've integrated them with the guys that, uh, that we brought in this year and, and I, I think we put a pretty decent brand on the field with, with, a, with a long way still to go. So one player that you know very well from your time at Tucson as well as here is Kyle Ventner. So how has the integration been between having kind of three, you know, basically a three-man rotation in your, uh, in your center backs? Uh, so you've had different pairings in a lot of different games. Um, is it plug and play or do you pick a certain player depending on who the opponent is? How, how do you make that decision which pairing to put out there in any given week? Uh, well, to be honest, a little bit of it's been decided for me, you know, based on just who was available. Uh, Wahab had a, a little scuffle in the Greenville game, so I had to sit a couple of games based on the league deeming uh, something that happened between he and another player as, a, as a, a, you know, a suspension. So, you know, we had the two guys with Kyle and Yvonne, uh, and they've both been absolutely great. You know, we had Connor Shinovsky to start the year, and, and Connor's decided, you know, he's, he's headed to Scotland with his, his girlfriend's going to play professionally over there, and I, and I think that he might actually try or coach there. He's not sure yet. Really good guy, but he decided to, to move on from, from playing in the USL, and, you know, it's kind of a hard time for us. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, to have Wahab, Yvonne, and Kyle uh, available, uh, it gives us a great group of three guys to interchange. Uh, we haven't really had the opportunity yet to to really interchange those guys based on just player availability, uh, but I look forward to it as we move uh, into the rest of the season. And, and another one of those new players on the roster is uh, is your striker Terzaghi, who you know we questioned and Jason even asked me early in the season, like who is going to score goals for Richmond? And I said, well, I think there's enough talent there that if you you know it might be kind of goals by committee, but instead you have the player who's leading the golden boot who you found. So discuss how you um, kind of got an eye on, on Terzaghi and how that transaction to bring him onto the team, how, how did that take place? Um, well, I, you know, I'm a 
fairly well-traveled journeyman soccer player. I wasn't the best pro player, and part of that is that you move a lot as a player, which isn't always the best thing. Uh, but the advantage is when you when you decide to retire and move on and, and become a coach, you have been a lot of places and met a lot of people, which gives you a pretty cool network. And you know, one of the things that uh, uh, I felt like we needed we needed a little bit of uh, of, of flair. Uh, we need a little bit of bite, you know, and the Argentine players that I've played with in the past and, and coach, they fit that bill. Uh, so I have a friend down in Argentina that I work with uh, to help bring players to MLS teams and to, to USL teams in the U.S. And it just, we we found Emiliano and, 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 you know, to be honest, there's a couple of other guys that we've identified. This just wasn't the year to bring them. So I'm um, hoping in the future that you'll see a little more South American player. And And how did you integrate him into the squad because early early on we were questioning like what style are you going to play is it going to be a lot of possession because last year the team had a lot of possession but didn't necessarily push forward um you know now it seems like you have a number of different threats uh both on the wings and down the middle so what specifically have you guys been working on or or did you think about working on during the the kind of the covid break in the before the season restarted um in order to you know put together a decent string of results where you're not letting in a lot of goals and you're getting on the on the board in most matches well uh, there's kind of two pieces to that. You know, the first one as it relates to what we did before the restart. I mean, we, I think Madison and us were the last two to actually start really training. You know, we were in four man, we were in individual Zoom call training, and then we were into four man groups for almost to the very end on the restart based on our local health guidelines. So there wasn't a lot that we could do, um, but we knew uh, once we restarted and trained for a couple of weeks for our first game that. You know, we, you know, we could use a couple more midfielders. You know, we have some good kids, but we don't have a true number 10. Um, so we kind of designed things based on uh, how we could play with the players we have. Um, you know, we'd like to have more possession in games. Most teams do, but uh, we're willing to give up possession um, in order to, to get results. And, you know, that's kind of how we started. I think you'll see that our team will have a higher possession percentage as we move forward because uh, some of the younger guys have stepped up and are, are really growing as individual players. Uh, but having Emiliano on your team is, is a really huge plus because he's a veteran pro. And not only does he does his job well, he, uh, he helps the guys around him grow, which is, the, which is what you're looking for in an older player at this level. So this week you're you're headed out to Tucson after um, after a, a big win against what the the former top of the table Greenville Triumph on the points per game perspective as we speak you're you're slightly ahead of them but it, it's kind of turned into a three a, a three team race at the top at the moment but when you have to travel out to Tucson how do you make the decision who gets to go on that trip and and how do you prepare for that long flight and then you know a game not in the heat and humidity of, of Richmond but rather you know a dry heat that is uh, Arizona well first i would say it's it's pretty early to be talking about you know hunting for playoffs i mean only two teams get in this year based on our limited schedule and I have a great respect for all of the coaches in this league. And, and John Gallus is a great coach in Tucson, and they're a good team. You know, they, they, they might have dropped a game this last game, but the game before they were flying and scored four goals. So any team in our league can beat any other team. So I think it's a little early to get too excited. You know, we have a long ways to go. Um, we make our travel decisions based on, on availability of players and uh, our opponent. So we know what 
Tucson brings. They're a possession-based team, lots of movement. It's got a Spanish flair to it. You know, in order to deal with that and, and try to exploit what they're maybe not as good at, uh, that's how we make our decisions. So uh, I'm happy because we actually have a few guys back from injury, uh, you know, some younger players that I think over time are going to grow into some great professionals. So, uh, you know, you might see a new face this weekend. We'll see. Interesting. And, and, you know, is it going to be weird going back to your old club or, or what's that like when you, you know, go to uh, go to play an old club in the same league? So it might be something different than, you know, going from Seattle, uh, Seattle down to Tucson or something. This is a little bit different than that. Yeah, you know, I'd say it had been 25 years since I'd been inside. Uh, it used to be Foxborough Stadium. Now it's Gillette. And they were really incredible to me uh, personally. You know, they, they said, welcome home, and it, it made me feel good because I hadn't realized it had been that long since I'd been in there, but, you know, you travel and you don't think about it. I, I thought it was a really awesome thing, so I really appreciate the way that they treated me being one of those guys in those first few years of MLS. But, you know, going back to Tucson, um, you know, I, again, Dallas is my close friend, and we talk regularly, so I, I feel like it's an opportunity to go see your friends, uh, go compete at an incredible uh, a stadium at Keno, you know, and... Uh, you know, we're going to win the game, uh, but, you know, for us, it's just another game. It's just uh, not as much humidity. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, as you're getting your, your players back, um, how's the competition been for different spots? So, you, you know, you've seen, obviously, you have more or less, a, um, I wouldn't say starting 11, but you have some regular starters out there that, that you um, uh, that you use, you know, we won't see, uh, I guess Ian this week, obviously because of his, uh, his red card. Um, but what is the other, uh, you know, what, what's a competition like at those different positions is Ian, Ian being pushed, for example, for that right back spot and w- will his replacement just, uh, you know, ease right in during this game or, uh, or, or there are certain challenges with some of those, um, either injuries or, um, or obviously suspensions. Um, well, we have a particular way that we want to play. You know, that part's not going to necessarily change. Um, I would say we're probably more of the next man up mentality than, uh, you know, um, than, uh, than sticking with a particular way with particular people. So I think that it'll be a plug and play. I think we have somebody that'll fill in for Ian and, and do well for us. Uh, and in terms of competition, I mean, that's the idea. You know, we, we still have some things to fix in Richmond in terms of the roster uh, moving into the next couple of years uh, so that we make sure that guys like Ian are pushed every single day because we want him to grow. Um, and as it stands now, most most of our team's kind of like high-end, low-end. We have uh, veteran guys that have been around that are they're good pros, and we have some younger guys that have a lot of talent. So it's really for those younger guys to catch up to the speed of play and really push the veteran guys. And, you know, in, in some positions we've had rookies playing all year, and in other positions, you know, we have uh, – a little more elder statesman. So it's a good balance. Um, I, I'd like the competition to be a little bit stronger, but uh, I think every coach probably would. So l- last question, you know, you, you mentioned about looking for, for next year. Um, you're, you've had a, a lot of great results in developing players. Um, where are you looking for a lot of those younger talent players? Are they mostly from the Richmond area or are you getting, uh, uh, you know, scouting reports from, from, other, uh, from other places and, and uh, you know, potential college players who, you know, don't get into the MLS draft, for example? Like who, you know, how are you looking for those players that will be the, the next generation of Richmond kickers players? Uh, I would say all of the above. 
you know, that there's a connection to Seattle, obviously. You know, we had DeAndre Evans and Jordan Morris and all these guys through our academy system that uh, I had the opportunity to be a part of. So those guys are, you know, the, the USL is littered with guys from the, from the Sounders Academy. You know, there's two or three in Phoenix that are doing well at Orange County uh, within our league and even MLS. So, uh, you know, I stay in contact with those guys and uh, also with the up-and-coming guys out of the Northwest and across the country. You know, ideally, we'd love, you know, for kids from, from Richmond and, and Virginia in general to, to work their way into our pro team. You know, as it stands right now, uh, with the local youth teams, a lot of these kids tend to bounce into MLS academies at a younger age. So it's something that we need to fix in the Richmond area. But uh, uh, we're wide open. Wherever these young players come from, you know, we eventually we want a player pathway in Richmond and beyond where uh, we're working towards a particular type of player, and we want to try to complete as much of their potential as possible. But, you know, those... Those types of projects take 10, 15 years. And, you know, I think that the group that's done it the best in our country is, is the FC Dallas system. You know, that, that North Texas team last year was incredible in our league, but this, they were incredible because of the 15 years of work from Oscar Pereira and Luchi Gonzalez. I mean, they're, they're in lockstep with their academy to their first team. And you don't just come into an area like Richmond and, and change that and help that overnight. It takes time. So right now we're looking for the best players we can find. Uh, they can compete at the highest level, and, and you know, we'll, we'll do our best to, to get that done. Thanks, Coach Swatsky. That's Darren Swatsky, the head coach of the Richmond Kickers. Coach, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day.